Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. This is the third anniversary of the death, the murder of Nathan Cirillo, Corporal Nathan Cirillo at the War Memorial in Ottawa. Hamilton, uh, member of the military and um, a really great young man from what I've heard over the last number of years and talking to people who uh, knew the corporal quite well three years ago today. White privilege. Well, here's what it is to me to be preached at about white privilege, which has happened more than once to me by way of emails, which are remarkable only for the multisyllabic words. The writer obviously went to great lengths to discover it because they do not fit the context of his or her own material. To be preached at about white privilege, I see as racism directed at Caucasians. But uh, generations taught by ardent left-wingers in the classroom of Canada actually believe this stuff. White privilege is the invention of someone called Peggy McIntosh, who wrote Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack about 30 years ago. McIntosh is American and wrote her piece about the U.S., where racial issues are significantly different than in Canada. Now, though, in 2017... White privilege is another catchphrase for those intent on destroying capitalism and democracy, both of which have served our society extremely well. And please do not talk to me about white privilege. Some of you heard me maybe talk about this briefly previously. When I was 14 years of age, I lived on a homeless shelter with my mother. At 15, we uh, had a small dingy apartment in Montreal we got welfare of 75 a month. The rent was 73. We had no furniture, and we were issued uh, urine-stained and urine-smelling mattresses, as well as other furniture which couldn't stand unless it was propped against a wall. There were many, and I mean many days, there was literally no food in the fridge or on the shelves, and I'd knock on restaurant or grocery store doors before they opened and just before they closed, and asked if there might be any food they were going to throw out that I might have. And whatever success I've had in life has been the result of continuous hard work, and not because I'm white. But now in Ontario, where privilege is taught to open young minds in school, it's very confusing, isn't it? So you've got a class of kids, elementary school kids, 10, 11 years of age, They get along just fine. They've learned to uh, understand one another, cooperate with one another, play with one another. And along comes a teacher who starts talking about white privilege. And that's going to go a long way to keeping that friendly, happy relationship going between those kids. Margaret Wente wrote an excellent column on white privilege in May of this year, Globe and Mail, 
And uh, Marco joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. The column was titled The Original Sin of White Privilege. Margaret, thank you for taking the time. Hello, Roy. So you write about grade 11 student Justice Walker who encountered a white privilege lesson in sociology class. What's the story here? Well, here's the story. Justice is in school one day, and his teacher decides to deliver a lesson in white privilege. And it's based on the Peggy McIntosh test that you just talked about. And uh, it's a handout, and it, ans- it asks certain questions, like, um, can you go to the grocery store and find your favorite uh, ethnic food? And a whole bunch of other questions like that. You're supposed to check off the answers. And then after everyone takes the test, according to how they score, they're asked to line up by their test results. And the people with the uh, highest score are deemed to be the most privileged and so on down the ranks. Now, Justice was very confused by this lesson. He sounds like a marvelous kid because he's multiracial. He's part to, I talked to his mother about all this. He's multiracial. He's, he's part Jamaican. He's part Indian, he's part Scottish, and he went home and he told his mother, I didn't really know how to answer this stuff. And so his mother looked at this test, and she got very upset. She said, she said, this is racism, pure and simple. She went and complained to the school, and she said to me, well, I felt that I could complain because I am dark-skinned, so I, I was sort of in a position to complain where maybe... Uh, white parents wouldn't dare to complain. So she complained. And she told me, she was born in Canada, her father was Jamaican, her mother was Scottish, and she told me how when she grew up, her father said to her, you know, you are going to have to work harder than other kids because you're dark-skinned, and so you're going to have to prove yourself more. But if you do that, you'll be fine. And she told me, I'm Canadian. I have never felt anything but Canadian. And that's the way her son feels, too. He doesn't feel black-skinned or brown-skinned or white-skinned or ethnic or Jamaican or Scottish. He feels Canadian. And he says, why isn't that good enough? And why isn't it good enough? And here they go into the schools, the teachers, the elementary school teachers in the province of Ontario. And they're introducing this whole idea to a class, as I said earlier, of kids who've learned to get along. And I can't just I can just see the first recess or first lunch period when one of the kids points at the other kid and says, you're privileged because you're white. And the little kid who's pointed at points back. And there goes the friendship. Well, yeah, that's basically right. It, it divides kids. It doesn't unite them. It divides them. What the heck are we doing? What are we doing? Doing that to kids. And, of course, this has migrated now. It's become a very, very, very serious business, especially at the university level and in, you know, social justice classes, pretty pervasive on campus these days, where students are taught to identify first by their innate characteristics, skin color, gender, gender orientation, rather than by, you know, any, anything else that really makes them an individual who they are. So we've gone back to this kind of essentialism that, uh, that uh, identified people in the age of racism, when people were, really were divided by race. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible, terrible step backwards, a terrible step for society. Each of the emails I've used promoting white privilege has almost amusingly used the word invisible. <laughs> right. 
because you're privileged. Know. You're privileged in ways that you know you don't even know. I guess that I don't even know. I'm privileged. You don't even know just by virtue of your skin color. Just by virtue of my, my skin God, color. I thought we stopped typecasting people by their skin color a long time ago. Hmm. At least that was what Martin Luther King wanted us all to do. He said, "Don't judge them by the by the by the color of their skin. Judge them by the content of their character." That was his great line. It's the content of their character. So, Margaret, am I? Are you? Is everyone who's white supposed to be intimidated or feel guilty or at least listen attentively to the gospel of Peggy McIntosh? What's the objective here? Do you think uh, the objective is for is for certain people to shut up and for other people to uh, have superior knowledge because of their own, whatever their own innate characteristics are. Mm-hmm. That's really it. And, you know, I, obviously, um, people, people come into life with certain advantages and certain disadvantages right. based on their family background and, and childhood. You know all of that very, very well. I do. But to pin that to ethnicity, skin color, race, gender, uh, is, is, is terribly offensive. It's, it's just offensive. You know, I could point to um, 100% white society, an entirely white society that I'm, I'm just making up. But there's a country where everyone is white. You would have the same social um, inequities. You'd have the same um, people saying, I'm, 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 I don't have the freedom, I don't have the, I don't have the opportunities that you have because... It will always be a fact of life. And I'm reminded by, or at least reminded of a, of a Star Trek television um, program I watched as a kid. And Captain Kirk was chasing these, well, there were two guys on board, two aliens on board. And they were, half their body was white and half their body was black. And they were chasing each other around the Enterprise, trying to kill one another. And eventually Captain Kirk and his crew managed to corral them and get them uh, tied down. And, and Kirk says to them, why are you trying to kill each other? What's wrong with you people? And they, and one of them said, well, we're different. And Kirk said, no, you're not. You're half white. You're half black. You're half white. You're half black. And one of the two whose captive said, yeah, but he's half white on the left side of his body, and I'm half white on the right side of my body. And I, to me, that just told such a story that we will always find a reason to, uh, to, to, to dislike one another or to accuse someone of, uh, of not providing opportunity. And this whole idea of white privilege to me is just another example of it's racism. It's, it's an inversion of the old sin. It is. It's what white people used to do to black and brown people. Yeah. And we were, you know, it, I was brought up to learn that that was, unconscionable, and the Catholics, and Jews, and uh, anybody who was, you know, anybody who was the least bit different from us. But, uh, and our parents I taught us that. Up to, I was brought up to learn that you don't do that. And our parents taught us that. Our parents taught us that. That's right. I lived in a very multiracial um, society as a, as a very young kid before my dad died. And he made it very clear to me, and I was around different kids with different languages, different skin color, different ethnic background, different religions, uh, and it, it was, I'm around these kids every single day. My dad made it very clear to me, they're just like you, you're just like them. 
That's it. And everybody and he, equally. Everybody was equal. And that's how kids will generally start with one another, and, and they'll have their own way of testing one another. We, we remember those days, I'm sure, from our childhoods, and now there's extra factors thrown in by teachers who will go into the classroom with an agenda, and the agenda is to, I think, intimidate the white kids in the classroom. Well, they don't... Uh, the, the this is my opinion. don't see it that way, of course. No, of course not. And, uh, you know, this all comes from... Um, this comes originally from the universities where the, the doctrine of white privilege got it, really got a grip about 20 years ago or so, 20 or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the universities have uh, developed uh, a sort of hierarchy of oppression where um, um, the more minority status you can claim, uh, the higher your virtue ranking, I guess, <laughs> because, of your, because of your lack of privilege. And so I don't know if you wrote, read the story this week about the uh, University of Pennsylvania professor in the United States who said, she said, well, um, you know, she has a sociology class and it's, it's, you know, men and women mixed. She said, I always call on the black women first. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, and then I, and then I call on, uh, you know, the, the black men and then the white women. I don't call on the white men unless I absolutely have yeah, to. Yeah, I did see that. Whew, wow. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right. Nothing wrong with that. What was the reaction to your column? People were outraged um, and sad. I guess. I mean, uh, they were they were surprised mm-hmm. because they didn't know. They didn't know that this, this this stuff has now become common practice in the schools. And uh, uh, I learned this week from our own newspaper that many many schools now across the country have a standard unit in white privilege, where the kids all are subjected to some variation of this, where they're asked to read their privilege. And, you know, it makes kids, makes white kids feel guilty about, and ashamed, um, if, if not just thoroughly confused about who they are and where they came from and, and why they're being singled out for their, uh, for their privilege. You know, there's another thing, and sociology has shown this, that whenever you have a group of people and you bring them together and you stress their differences, they get along worse than if you stress what they have in common. Then they get along better. Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely subscribe to that 100%. Margaret, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. This is a very, very important issue to... uh, to be discussing, and we'll see what happens on the calls. I agree. Thank you so much, Roy. All the best. Margaret Wente from uh, the Globe and Mail on the Roy Green Show on the Cornus Radio Network.